What's up, y'all? This is Good Vibes by Zay. Before we start, if you are looking for the most fascinating, most polarizing, most interesting sports radio show, check out In The Huddle Podcast on Can You Dig It Sports Radio app. You can also use the request line 1833-RADIO-BX. That is 1833-RADIO-BX. The most polarizing, fascinating, interesting debate show is live in the huddle. We got our full lineup in the huddle at full strength. And it's been a minute because of schedules and alternating schedules. It's been a hard time these last couple months to get the full unit of in the huddle on one mic, one episode, one face, one name in the huddle. And now we're here. And I'm excited. And listen, I don't even want to talk right now. I just want to pass over the mic because I'm just so excited. Um, Let me start off with you, Zach, in the building. Zach, how you feeling, bro? How's it going? Well, Zay, what's going on, guys? It's great to be back. Great to be here. Uh, it's just a great time, not only in life, but on the sports calendar, as usual. NBA Finals wrapping up. We have NFL camps wrapping up. That summer month off is pretty soon. And s- sooner rather than later, we are going to be in September for week one, really in the preseason getting ready. We have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to catch up on. I'm really excited. Happy to be here, as usual, in the huddle. Can you dig sports radio? Let's do it. Real quick, real quick before we even start, gotta give a shout out to the Mets, man. 40 wins. You know, we're killing in New York. You know, I'm good. I'm gonna say we're the best team in New York. I don't care what anyone says. So we're in paradise. I'm ready, itching to talk about this first topic. Let's get started. Yeah, man. You know, sometimes, bro, day to days, it's a whole lot of bullshit we gotta go through as human beings, but it's always a good time to be here on this show and to be at full strength. And like Zay alluded to, it's time we get into the show and we might as well kick it off. The Celtics go ice cold, colder than my drink that I got here with the water and the ice. In the fourth quarter, game five, loses to the Warriors, 104 to 94. Will this series end in six games? Translation, will it end on Thursday or will it end in seven games on Sunday. Zach, I haven't got to recap these games with you in the finals because it's been a minute. So I'm going to pass it right over to you. Yeah, guys, I'll start off by saying this. I think watching these last few games, my main takeaway was in game four with about five minutes left, the Celtics find themselves up by, I believe, five points. The crowd is going crazy. And at that point, for the majority of the series, I really felt like the Celtics were the better team. I know they stole game one with a fourth quarter for the ages. Uh, Game two, they just lost. But in game three, that was a blowout. They played great. And in game four, for a majority of that game, they felt like the better team to me. But the Warriors have completely uh, flipped the switch. Steph Curry going out there, dropping uh, 40-plus points in game number four. In my opinion, the best game of his career, really stepping up when, uh, when his teammates needed it the most. And yesterday, from the start, Golden State, they flipped it. They kind of just have felt like the better team watching them yesterday. And what's crazy about Golden State is Curry had a brutal game for his standards, shooting 0 for 9, but so many other guys stepped up. Andrew Wiggins, uh, I've been following this guy's career since he was in high school, and he was coming up as the next LeBron, apparently, the Maple Jordan. That's what people were calling him coming from Canada. And he wasn't a bust as a number one overall pick. 
Uh, he had some good seasons in Minnesota, but he was he's yet to make that winning impact. And that's what happens when you get traded to such a good team and such a productive franchise like Golden State. He is not responsible for carrying them. I think he fits this team uh, so well. Jordan Poole showing us what he could do. I think he's the X factor for this Golden State team. When he's playing well, they're so hard to beat. And it just tells me a lot, like Curry struggling so much. And the Warriors, I feel like they didn't even play their best game. I know Boston was brutal. Tatum and Brown have really struggled, and, and I'm sure we're going to get into that. But uh, Golden State, this is what champions do, and they're just stone-cold killers, man. Like In my opinion, they the, some of the games they've won during this dynasty have been crazy. I literally watched this team in 2019. This is a game that sticks out to me. Uh, game number six in Houston, they're up 3-2. Kevin Durant had just gotten hurt, though, and the series kind of felt over. That was going to be James Harden and Chris Paul's time. Steph Curry goes into halftime of that game with zero points, and then in the second half, they just end the James Harden-Chris Paul era in Houston, just coming up firing on all cylinders. You remember what Clay did in that pivotal uh, game number six in Oklahoma City. These guys are just so hard to beat. They're so tough. And I give Golden State a lot of credit. That's just a championship organization. Uh, in terms of will the series end, it's crazy because I remember after watching game three, I was like, okay, there's no way either one of these teams are going to lose two games in a row, let alone three, just because the series has been back and forth. Both of these teams, part of why they're here, in my opinion, is because they've been uh, so good at bouncing back throughout the playoffs. Um, I think I will give Boston a slight edge in game six. I think Jason Tatum is too good of a player to struggle this hard, but I'm, I have my doubts on if Boston uh, could win the series. That's who I picked uh, at the beginning and uh, Golden State finding ways to win as usual. Look, I, I want to jump in here real quickly here. I'm going to keep it short because I want to get my guy good vibes over here on this mic. Look, I'm going to just keep my, my point really straight to the cut. I'm not really going to put too much thought into it. I think when you talk about X's and O's and you can talk about the X's and O's all you want, you could talk about how the Celtics played Curry this game and how they got Curry to struggle, you know, going drop back coverage, basically allowing Curry to walk into threes. And they finally turned that attention on to him and literally took him out the game plan. Now you can look at the good and bad of that. But I think just excluding all that, the key for me here is, is that the Celtics need to be reminded that turnovers are not their friend. They need to be reminded of that. Like sometimes you think somebody's your friend, but they're really not your friend. And you have to tell them that, yo, I got to check my dude. Nah, turnovers is not your friend, bro. It's not because we all know the stat that's popping out here. And yeah, I don't like to really use the same stats because they get overused through the media. But guess what? I'm going to use the same stat because it's clear and straight to the point. The Celtics are 0-6 or 0-7 now when they have 16 or more turnovers. And they are 14-2. and when they have less than 16 turnovers. Now, I know I heard that stat popping out, you know, since last night. But it's, I just think it's just clear to the point. Like, don't turn the ball over. That's just simple to me. That's fundamental basketball right there. And they've been doing that a lot, turning the ball over a lot. And that's been the Achilles heel in this series. Now, say what you want about the Warriors. Am I no way shortcoming the job and magnificent games that they had in this series that impressed me? But still, the turnovers for me is a big thing. Also, I got to check my guy Tatum and Brown. Brown, I think he's been holding the most weight, my personal opinion, from the last series and the first couple of games in this series. Yesterday was atrocious. He needs to be checked. But Jason Tatum 
if you had the more expectations, if somebody tell me that this is the best player on this team, I'm going to hold you to a higher regard than your running mate or your counterparts and role players. And for Jason Tatum, I think he needs to do a better job of being more efficient, okay? Because prior to this game, I saw some wild stat about him being 27 of 82 in the finals. That's ridiculous. He need to stay in the gym. Literally, that's ridiculous right there. Another thing that I'm noticing with Tatum is that he is not finishing at the rim. He's looking for foul calls at the referees. Finish the play. Stop trying to get the foul. Stop trying to get to the line because clearly they haven't been calling it. So clearly you have to do a better job of finishing at the rim, right? I know Wiggins has been playing insurmountable defense against Jason Tatum, and I'm not going to discount Wiggins. He's been a hell of a player this series both offensively and defensively. But still, some of these things are self-oriented things. And Jason Tatum, it starts with him. Because like I said, I'm not over here to sugarcoat Brown either. But it starts with the best player on the floor being more aggressive and more assertive and saying, listen, I'm not going to go out like this, bro. This is the NBA Finals. Who gave a damn about what I did before then, bro? This is the Finals. I cannot go out like that. You talking about Kobe Bryant and wearing the Mamba shirts and you know, I'm um, saying I'm going to show up today. Kobe Bryant, what would Kobe Bryant do? He would go out here, even if he shoot it inefficient, he's going to take the shots till he make them. Tatum got to do a better job. Brown got to do a better job. This team got to do a better job. Now, to answer this question, I think it's a wrap. I think it's over. And I picked Boston to win this series. But like Zach pointed out, game four, a golden opportunity of game three. Yeah, game four. Golden opportunity to literally go up 3-1. 91 to 85, five minutes left to go in the game. Where was everybody? Where was Tatum, the best player on this team? Where was Brown, the guy that's been cooking up prior to that game five? Where was these guys at? Nowhere to be found. And once again, in the fourth quarter of this game, shooting 4-15 from the field, two of eight from three-point range in the fourth quarter. And yeah, I know Tatum, 27 points. I get it. Five points in the fourth quarter. What is that? That's not going to cut it. So, yeah, I think the series is a wrap. I think the Warriors took their heart out in game four, and that's something that the Celtics can't recover from. I think, you know, the Celtics team throughout the entirety of its playoffs have not been a 48-minute team. That's something they were thriving in that second half of the season going into the playoffs. They were playing a full game of basketball. Their team never got off the gas pedal. They were playing defense. They were playing offense. They are able to move the ball with efficiency. I think that's one thing they're lacking in this playoffs. You alluded to it um, a little with the turnovers. You understand that Tatum is having an atrocious uh, playoffs but having 95 um, turnovers in his entirety. We talk about Moving the ball, this is, that's the issue with the Celtics team. They don't have a guy who can move the ball single, singularly to help move um, get the guys open. Everyone comes talking about they have team basketball, but they need a guy to be able to move the ball, a playmaker in a sense. It can't just be your best scorer is the playmaker for this team. That's the biggest issue because yesterday we seen Jalen Brown try to move the ball in the first half, and he was throwing the ball over left and right. Tatum was trying to do the same thing. A guy like Derek White who came from a fundamentally sound team in the um, Spurs got on the court, and he turns the ball over as well um, on occasion from game to game. So this team is lacking the fundamentals to beat against a championship team. Now, we talk about the fourth quarter. I actually want to focus on the first half where everybody on the team was essentially abysmal except for Jason Tatum. Tatum had two turnovers. We understand that. But he had 13 points, 6 for 9. Everyone else was horrible, 2 for 10 from the field to um, over 2 with Derek White. The bench players had no points. I think they had one point in that for one entire first half. You can't have your bench playing that bad in a finals game and think you're going to win. You need some kind of continuity from your bench to win these games. It doesn't make any sense that they're not scoring. 
Um, you look at Al Holford, two for five, not terrible, but he needs to be more aggressive. They're playing a small ball lineup. How are you not getting points in the paint? How are you not attacking? It doesn't make any sense. Another thing, um, you know, I, I know I got on Jalen Brown a lot. You know, I, I nicknamed him. Uh, my new nickname for him is Houdini because he disappears when at times. He doesn't play a full game, and I'm okay with saying that because this guy just de- doesn't show up when he needs to. He, okay, he had a better second half than his first half, but we need a full game. You can't go two for ten in the first half and expect everything to be all right. They were down 12 going into half. Jason Tatum can't be out there the only one scoring or be the only one um, blamed for the lack of continuity on his offense. You have two guys who are, have very similar games. Jalen Brown needs to be as responsible and be held responsible for the lack of, of cohesion on offense as Jason Tatum is when he talk about passing the ball, turning the ball over, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, Jalen Brown's defense hasn't been so hot, and I'm not pinpointing him as why Andrew Wiggins has been going off this playoffs. I believe Andrew Wiggins scored less than 15 points once in his finals. You know, I told him he's, he's shooting pretty well from the field as well. So I don't know who's staying in front of him, who's guarding him. But I got to find out who Jalen Brown is guarding and staying in front of because Andrew Wiggins is having his way on the court. And on top of that, he's guarding Tatum with efficiency on the floor. I believe there was a stat out. Tatum is 15 for 82, I believe, against against Wiggins or something like that. It was, it was, a, it was a wild stat line. I was like, so Wiggins is locking him up like that. It's looking like Rikers Island on the court. If, that, if that's what they're saying over here, it's crazy. Um, I think it's a wrap for this game. For the series, I think game six is going to be very interesting because we all know that Tatum does, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's like third or fourth in elimination games on the Boston Celtics in the playoffs thus far. But we're talking about game six, Clay. We're talking about the Warriors who have been here already and have faced adversity. And actually, I feel like they play a little bit better on the road because they like their backs against the wall. So I believe this Warriors team is going to clean it out in Boston, and it's going to be one for the ages. A couple of things. Um I think what makes the Celtics so interesting is for the last three months, we all know how good and how dominant this team is. And what makes them so frustrating is, okay, they beat Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, sweep them in four games. They knock out the Milwaukee Bucks when they're down three games to two. Jason Tatum goes into a pivotal, crucial game six and drops 45 points. They even uh, beat Miami, who we all respect. They're a really good team. And when Boston is playing at their best, like they did in the back at, in the fourth quarter of game one, in all of game three, they look unstoppable. They look like no one could touch them. But then at the same time, they have performances like last night where they just can't make shots. And I agree with Zay 100%. This team is lacking that ball-handling playmaker. I like Marcus Smart. I love what he brings to the table. Defensive player of the year. But I just think you need a more dynamic playmaker. And Boston deserves credit for uh, getting to this point. But they need some spark. And I do think with Tatum, he's been bad. And he needs to play better. I think the shoulder could have a lot to do with it. But at the same time, you're on the court. You need to produce. And I think he has it in him. You know, I, I do think that this guy has had moments throughout the playoffs where he's just put the Celtics on, on, on his back and said, okay, I'm going to play. And one other thing that kind of scares me from the Celtics perspective, can we point to a recent close game in these playoffs that they've won? Every game they win is a blowout. It, it hasn't, they haven't really been in many games where it's tied three minutes left and they come through and win. The only real close game they've won was that game seven Miami. against Miami, but they made it close. That was a 12-point game with four minutes left, and somehow, some way, Jimmy Butler could have won. I still don't know how. So that's another uh, thought I had. It was a bad shot. It was a bad shot. That's why is how. He could have literally easily got to the rim, got an and one possibly, and would have brought that to overtime. But that's neither here or there. We already beat that horse too many times before. But um, I think that's a good point that Zach brought up. It's noticeable, but a lot of people don't talk about it. 
know what I'm saying? And I think that's really factual. That shows that they are not ready for game situations in the fourth quarter. That's what it shows me. They feel more comfortable when they have the game won already compared to a game that's going back and forth, compared to a game where they're up 91 to 85 with five minutes left to go, ally game four. Most uncomfortable when it's time to make shots, when they will vert back to isolation basketball instead of moving on the backside, okay? And the backside is getting tight. Now, you, you say um, Rikers Island, Jalen Brown is, well, his cellmate must be Jason Tatum because he's locked up too for some reason with Andrew Wiggins as well. So I just think overall... They have to move on the backside a little bit more. They have to move the ball better because the game two and four, I thought they reverted back to their old ways. And ironically, they lost those games. Um, the way how they defended Curry, I thought they did a good job. Now, a lot of people say in counter that, well, you know, they defended Curry. They bought the house on Curry, but it allowed other guys like Wiggins and Poole to eat. But I, I, I think more so it was a turnovers for me that, Lost them that game more so and allowed other guys to get um, points in transition off of turnovers. That's how I look at it. But do you think going forward that this is how they need to defend Curry, especially on the road? Or should they allow Curry to beat them, basically allow Curry to beat them or take Curry out the game plan and live with, with the result? Real quick, I think um, you have to allow the other guys to beat you on the court. You're talking about star players on the floor. You want to eliminate what they can do. I mean, you want, you want to make sure you eliminate everyone around him because you know how special Curry is. He's going to get his points no matter who's on the floor or whatever. You want to make sure that the other guys around him are not getting the points. He was averaging 30 before the last game, um, and the other guys weren't scoring well. You know, we're talking about what was happening. I told you before the series started, the role players are going to be the key factors. I and mean, you look at what the role players were doing, Gary Payton had 15 points, Jordan Poole had 14, and they had combined those bench was like 32 points, 30 uh, 30. 31 points off the bench. You got to eliminate that. You know, you can't have Wiggins going 26. You can't have Wiggins game 15. You can't let him get comfortable on the court. Even though he shot over six from the three-point line, it seems like he was getting his way in the paint, which is interesting when you have a guy like Robert Williams that protects the paint at all times. You've got guys like Al Hoffer who's able to slide over and move his mobile with his feet. So you have to eliminate the comfortability and the cohesion of the role players and allow Steph Curry to do whatever he wants to do. But you can't let no one else work. Yeah, I think early in the series when Boston was playing that drop coverage off the pick and roll, Curry was just shooting it at an insane pace. And what's crazy is even though he was killing them early in the series, the Golden State role players, Wiggins has been good for the majority of the series, but everyone else hasn't really been effective from Boston's perspective. But it's just crazy how much and how quickly a series could turn. Curry was great. In game four, but even in that game, down the stretch, it was Wiggins and it was Poole, and Clay had a couple big shots as well on making the plays. And it's just crazy what, like, Golden State has guys where I don't think this is the 20, anything close to the 2018 or 2017 or even the 2015 Warriors team that was winning championships year after year. But at the same time, they have enough of that experience where in certain games in the pivotal moments when you need them most Draymond Green last night falls into this category where they'll step up and, and make big plays and that's what makes them so hard to beat yeah I think to answer my own question I think they defended Curry fine in the last game like I said when you have more than 16 turnovers yeah more times than not are not going to win look how they won the first third quarter that they won in this whole entire series they won last night but they went back to that 
inefficiency and the turnovers in the fourth quarter and allowed the game to get blown open. And once again, just like in game two, Jordan Poole hits a dagger from half court that really kept the Warriors grounded going into that fourth quarter when it became a pounding. But anyway, I think the series is over. And this is my final take. I think Curry and Clay, we all know about game six, Clay. I think it's going to come at game six when they need it to close out the series. And um, I just think that you have to live with Curry being the one that's out of the game plan. You know, all these same guys like Poole, Wiggins, Draymond, especially going to come on the road and have that performance that they had in game five when he had to, to pick up the slack from Curry. I doubt that. I doubt, at least I doubt Draymond because it looks like the crowd got in his head and it's affecting him. On the road, I'd rather take away Curry and not let Curry send me home pack into Cancun, Wagwan. I'm done. Any last takes, y'all? Uh, just one thing I wanted to say about Jordan Poole. I think, as I said earlier, he's the X factor for Golden State, and I know he's really struggled on the defensive end, but no one could guard him, guys. It, it's crazy, and he's really impressed me throughout these playoffs. Uh, another guy, all, obviously, all these guys, I've you know followed them in college, and he's just a guy that has really improved. Obviously, a, a G League player not too long ago, uh, even for a form, former first-round pick. I, I think when he's making shots, uh, this is when Golden State is really tough to beat. Ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all not getting tired of watching In The Huddle over and over again. So like and subscribe to the channel and receive these new notifications of new uploaded content that will be coming your way. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm out. Peace.